Hi, everyone, and welcome to Obsessed, a podcast about our totally normal and not at all worrisome obsessions. Yes. And we are your hosts. That right there is Ariana. And that's Jeff. And we're kicking off spooky season with season four of Obsessed, which is also episode 100. Obsessed with that. Oh my gosh, literally so many amazing reasons to celebrate. (laughs) And if you're new to Obsessed or have been with us since day one, thank you for tuning in and listening. It's our tradition each year during October to release spooky episodes all month long. And today we have a special guest joining us to keep the tradition going. Yes, but before we introduce our spooky guest, Ari and I need to catch up because it's been weeks since we last recorded a podcast episode and a lot has happened. (laughs) Yes. You know, Jeff and I are busy when we go on our, what is it called, Jeff? Hiatus. Hiatus. (laughs) When we go on our annual obsessed hiatus and like literally don't say anything. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like we're so busy. We did our last episode and we're like, bye everyone. We're moving. Bye. And then just have not said a word. I know. Well, so speaking of the the move, Ari, how did, how did it go? Because you're 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 still in Brooklyn, right? Yes. Do you want still do you want to give Brooklyn. everyone you want to give everyone your address? <laughs> yeah, so I live at <laughs> one two three uh, Sesame Street Lane. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but the move the move has gone pretty well. Um, starting to finally feel like I live here and not an imposter like who's just squatting. <laughs> um, I have furniture. I'm at my new standing desk. Ooh, I knew you <laughs> looked taller. <laughs> I know my back hurts. Um, oh, <laughs> standing's hard. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's coming together. Like the weather's starting to change. It just feels. Everything is like coming into place. I'm very happy. How about you? Oh, and also I'm looking at the color of your walls right now. It's like a Ugh. like a forest green. It, I'm obsessed yes. with that. It's so cozy. It's so pretty. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a it's like an olivey yes. kind of piney green. I don't know. I'm just naming green colors. It's green. <laughs> it's a pretty green. And it was here when I moved in and I said, you know what? I love green. Keeping Let's it. Leave it. <laughs> I love yes, that. I love my space. It's wild to like have space to walk around my bedroom. Like I've never had that before. And I'm Doesn't like, that feel oh. so good? <laughs> it's so bizarre. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like really loving it. And the couch comes tomorrow, actually. So yeah, it'll start to really, really come together. And then we can finally have people over and not force everyone to sit on my bed. <laughs> or the floor. I know. I'm, I'm, so, floor. I'm so excited to come visit. Um, you too. Like, I can't wait. I know. How, I know. We, how's it been going? I am like, true. I never imagined I'm, I'm in Jersey city right now. And I just never thought that I would be a Jersey boy, ah. but you know, here, here I am. And I'm like, I'm actually obsessed with it. Um, there's like a dog park right across the street for sprout. Um, it's my first amenity building that I've ever lived in. Um, it's not my forever home, but like for the next two years, I'm going to be using these amenities, getting my money's worth, (laughs) but, um, um, no, but I love it. Like a lot, so much more natural light than my last place, like, which is an instant mood booster. 
Um, kind of like you, Ari, like more space to walk around and just to breathe and just to feel more like centered and grounded. And like, I, I don't feel stressed coming home, like living in Manhattan, it's, it's very busy. So even just like walking on the sidewalks would stress me out sometimes, but now it's just like, it's so quiet and I just have, I have room to breathe, you know? And I think that's mm-hmm. just, that's really what I, what I've been needing. Um, Aww, so come so to Jersey to city, that. everyone come of visit. <laughs> you know, I am no stranger to Jersey city. I used to work there years ago, spent four, three, three very nice years there. And, and I'm very excited to come visit. Cause I Yay. remember those restaurants were great. I know there are even more, there are places to go out and I cannot wait to see your space and see Sprout like run all over the place. Cause he has so much room now. Oh my gosh, He's so spoiled. <laughs> And use those amenities yes. also. It, it actually is not in an amenity building. <laughs> parts of um, Jersey City reminds me of Brooklyn a little bit too. Like just like the, the brownstones and just the architecture. So I kind of feel like if it feels like home to me, you know? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yes, you. you know, I'm so happy absolutely make the drive. Yay. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, it's um, that feeling of like, inside is starting to come together but it's still like new outside and I have where I am in Brooklyn I have that sort of like little break where it's kind of further from like the main streets absolutely but I also but I also which is nice but I do also lose the sort of like ease of popping to wherever even though it's like a 10 12 minute walk versus a two (laughs) but I'm just like oh I haven't found my like bodega I haven't found like the best place to, to like you know do all of the yes, things. Like, had like all your that. your go to yes. yeah coffee shop yeah I'm kind of in that position right. too. I found so my, my, like, my sushi oh, my sushi go? place though, but <gasps> that's it for now. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, that's huge. I know it's a pretty big deal. I love that. So last thing before we introduce our amazing guest, I need to just stress the fact that we are on our hundredth episode. Yeah, we kind of just like glossed over that. But yeah, (laughs) this is episode 100. Ari and I strategically planned to to launch uh, season four with our 100th episode because we are just that smart. (laughs) We're that smart (laughs) and we love spooky season that much that we were like, that's it. That's it. New new season. Absolutely. Uh, this is a I'm monumental so moment. Um, okay, but let's uh, bring on our, our special guest. Yes. Uh, right. It's such a fun one, everyone. I know you listen to the episodes till the end, but I swear if you don't this time, we're going to put a hex on you. Yes. I'm kidding. We do have a hex episode. We know how to do it. Uh, we do. <laughs> all right, all right, Ari, okay. go un- unlock that dungeon and bring our guest out here. <laughs> so let's give a creepy scary hello to laura ruth smith that was terrible Arr, hey I'm a creepy horrible hello to laura <laughs> but yes welcome laura um, yes so laura is an artist a death doula and shadow work companion her pronouns are she her hers and i've actually known laura for years oh my god do you want to do you want to tell the people how we oh my god i need to know (laughs) um yes so while we currently work together um in uh the theater company that i co-founded and i also executive produced with the Denizens Theater Company. Hey! hey. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, but Ari and I actually met like a couple years before that, even. Um, we both got cast 
in um, a one act show, uh, evening of one acts. That was like, remember, uh, I was thinking about it earlier today. It's it was called Skirt. Remember that? Oh God, Laura, there I was like a, buried that. <laughs> Like I blocked it out. Wait, was that the one that took place in, in like a bar or was it not that one? Oh, no, no, we put on that show. Oh, yeah. okay. That was the Denizens' first ever production. It was Savage yeah. and Wimble. Yes, okay, that's um, what I remember. No. Yeah, this one we stood up where there was another person with us in the show, but um, the three of us stood on boxes, like black boxes. And we were supposed mm-hmm. to be like modern dancing, but really we were kind of just voguing <laughs> on this box because we could only move so much. And we all had to wear these like ill-fitted skirts. Well, for me, it was like ill fit because it was like they had this rack of skirts and like everyone choose a costume. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we're like, this is this is your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, continue, please. No, I, I was just gonna say it was a play that was like, um, it was this guy was like dreaming and he was dreaming about like his imaginations, like fit versions of his three of his ex girlfriends, mm-hmm. and um, so it was interesting. Oh, it was interesting, and and I, it was poorly cast because I had to be the person, the ex in his dream that um he lifted and like kind of swung <laughs> around the stage, and I was and like, you were the tallest of all of us, the tallest, and like I'm not a small person. Everyone that knows me knows that, and I was like, um, this is. Horrendous. <laughs> the only, the only silver lining to this is meeting Laura, my Sagittarius sister. Okay. Um, I know you yes. both. So you both have birthdays coming up. I'm guessing. We do. Wow. Yeah. So you guys go way back. Um. And yeah. and Laura. So yeah. right before we started recording, you you said that you wanted to. I don't know. Maybe read read a tarot card for us. Yeah, yeah. Let's pull a card. Let's see what we. I'm got. so nervous. Um, this like I never I never do this ever. It's it's good oh, good really? nerves. Have you ever had a tarot reading? I don't, not like an no? official one, just with friends. I feel like Ari may oh may God. have. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Laura, he's he's a little bit of a noob. I know. Oh, I know. So well, welcome. Just, what matters is you're open. That's I'm all. Very open. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see what we have. Um, I'm just gonna pull one card. I work a lot um in pretty much all of the work that I do with uh archetypes. And so ooh, we've got a card right out. Um, and so tarot is really good uh with that. Um it directs like each card is representative of a particular archetype and that energy and um you know you can sort of like have some you know inside info as to like maybe where like if I do this this is this may happen or maybe I'll course correct myself if that's the energy that we're in so Mm -hmm. um but here's our card we have the two of wands what is that okay okay the two of wands um and this is a pretty classic deck that I work with. This is the Rider Wade uh, tarot, but it's um, so it's this person who's looking out over the horizon, and there are two wands. One they're holding on to, and in the other hand is the um, is like a small globe. So not only are they physically looking out over the expanse of the earth, they're also 
planning, holding a globe or mapping. Um, so this is really like setting the plans, particularly like with the career or things that you're passionate about, right? Okay. And um, yeah, and wands are also fire energy, Sagittarius. We've got two Sagittarius <laughs> in the room. So I know it's very, it's very hot in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's great. So we're, we're like standing at the edge, looking out over this horizon, um, figuring out what we want to take over and conquer, I guess. I'm, I'm <laughs> obsessed with that. And I don't know, like that just reminded me because Ari and I both, both recently moved. And since I've moved into my new space, I've just been like, so inspired to, to like work on all these like different projects I've been writing like all these short film uh scripts and everything I just feel so like fueled to to like channel this like create creative creative energy um and I just I don't know I, I that definitely resonates with me that that card it sounds like it resonates yeah it's um and I I remember like Ari you've been in some of Jeff's movies right oh mm -hmm. and she's gonna she's yeah. gonna be in a I new one I... coming out soon <laughs> ah, that's yeah. so exciting yes <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Oh, what about that. you, Ari? Does it resonate at all for you? Yeah, it definitely does. For me, like my my sort of moment of my season, I guess, of excitement and creativity is really full. Mm -hmm. It's it's just my favorite mm -hmm. time of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then depression season for me kicks in, but like these. <laughs> but we're not there right now. <laughs> we're not there. We're not there. But these like two, two and a half months are just amazing. Yeah. And I'm very much like setting up everything that I want to get done Boom. in these two months. That's, working that's with people I right want to work with. Right. And just kind of like surrounding myself with the energy that I know mm -hmm. I respond well to. So that definitely resonates with me very much in a planning sort of um, stage right now. And yeah. I do want to call out, I know you're probably going to bring it up at some point, Laura, that um, we're recording on the night of the autumn equinox. Yes. That's right. And so we have all this energy, right? Of like any, anytime it's like changing of the seasons, it's mm -hmm. all about newness yep. and freshness and yes. things like that. So that tarot card is actually pretty perfect. Yes. And it's, you know, we're, we're, we're closing in the last quarter of the year. Right. Um, and uh, so it's uh, for us in the Northern hemisphere, it's called Maybon um, for those who like, you know, work with a, a Wiccan calendar. I don't necessarily, but you know, like I'm into, I pay attention to that stuff because I am like, oh, this is like really, for me, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. So whenever yeah. the moon is doing something or, you know, I'm like, this season is changing officially. And like I today, even just in my normal, like rituals and meditations and stuff, I was like, I feel the veil is it's like the, a cloth dropped from the veil for wow. me today. And I'm like, oh, OK. So um, and it and it is that time of year, this particular time for us, they say that uh the veil gets thin around this time that's why we have this like spooky season halloween Dia de los muertos like these remembrance sort of holidays that cross the void yeah. into other realms there is a reason for that and that's because the earth herself is like you know she shifts into this place right a shadowy 
place where we're like, hmm, how much time do I have left of this year? And where do I really want to set myself up to go when as moving into next year? So, wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So on theme for spooky season. Yeah. And so I want to get into um, some uh, specifics around your uh, death doula work. Um, and, you know, as we have just stated, I've known Laura for a long time. We met doing some funky theater stuff. Now we control the narrative <laughs> and do shows that we like to do ourselves. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but amongst all of the other amazing things that she does, tarot, artistry, just shadow work, all of that. Um, she, within the last year, right? Or so, last maybe a little bit longer. Months, last year, six months. Yeah. yeah. Um, has really been diving into um you know this doula work and I am I myself haven't even had an opportunity to really catch up with you about I've I've had so many questions so um great when I brought it up to Jeff we were like this is perfect yeah when when Ari was like oh my gosh I have a friend she she's like a certified uh death doula the first thing I said was like I I have no idea what a death doula is bring her on because I already am obsessed with this whole with this whole concept uh, <laughs> so yeah and that's that's pretty common I get that like what what is that like so I mean if yeah mm -hmm. if you could just kind of break it down like what what is a death doula yeah of course so um well first of all I like to just start at the very beginning with the word doula um it's an ancient Greek word it means midwife so if anyone is familiar yeah. with that term like a midwife so a lot of mostly what we think what's most common is a birth doula or a midwife, right? Um, and that is someone, usually a woman, but it doesn't have to be, but um, it's someone who helps bring a new life into the world, supports the family emotionally, um, with education, things like that. You know, sometimes you, you don't know what's on offer to you on sometimes until someone is like, hey, you know, like you could be doing this and that would make your life easier for what you're going through right now. So um, so then if you just add the word death to that, you take it to the other end of a life. And it's so basically what I do is I provide emotional, spiritual, um, mental, a lot, a lot of extra support for someone who is at the end of their life. Got right. It. So, I mean, if it's, it's also like, you know, a lot of times when someone is at the end of their life, uh, if, if it is family that is there to be caretaking for them, sometimes it is like the family that's like, I think that you could maybe benefit from this. And it's a conversation. And it's really, it's really just whatever you need. Again, it's, um, it's companionship, right? right? It could be, um, you know, I do some, uh, some end of life planning, which it's never too early to start your end of life planning. Um, and that is like the paperwork. Do you have a will in place? Do you have someone named who's like, let's say that you lose your consciousness. You can't speak for yourself. Who's going to be speaking and making decisions for right. you when you, right. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, just all of that kind of like paperwork stuff. There's also um, some legacy work that I do with people as well, which are, uh, you know, they can be like recorded conversations for the family, just talking about their life and sort of like, what was your greatest moment? What was like your favorite role that you played in your life? Um, 
just sort of like retrospective. And that's really helpful for people because um, it's really scary to be dying. And it's the biggest transition that we all make that we all eventually will. So, um, and no one in our society really is talking about it much. Right. And like, I, I like what you just said. It's something that we will all experience it, whether we like it or not. At some point in our life, we will all meet the same fate. Um, right. Well, and in little ways, in little and different ways, everyone is experiencing it constantly all the time. You know, anytime there's a change or say you you leave a job or you go through a breakup, these are little losses. They, that they're like little deaths and there's grief that happens with that. And so it's like the more we can um, confront this, like leading up to the big transition, you know, that's sort of what I'm here to help facilitate just to ease all of that. Wow. I mean, first off, talking about grieving, like in our everyday life, like things Mm -hmm. that just happen and change. Like I talk about this on the podcast a few times, but just like the version of me pre-pandemic, and I'm sure all of us Mm -hmm. have experienced this in some way, but like, I feel like I'm still grieving that version of me because I Mm -hmm. also am like holding on to her for whatever reason. Um, Now, finally, like, three years later I'm starting to embrace like the new version of me but Mm -hmm. that just made me me think of that and like I really look at that as a grief period because I like was feeling all all the things I was like why do I feel like this oh because I'm changing Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of shocking me a little bit yeah and it's scary any kind of change is scary it is um Yeah. And that's, that's like a really beautiful way to describe it. There are deaths of self that happen Mm -hmm. throughout our lives, you know? Um, Yes, definitely. At the beginning of the pandemic was like, I I don't know. I I don't know if I would recognize her that quickly, that person that I was let, you know, and then even going further back in my life, I'd be like, who is that? You know? Um, And like the literal psychotic breaks that were happening at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, things were just dying off literally right. and figuratively. Yeah. Right. Right. No, you're right. Laura. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other piece of, of this that I found interesting is because I don't know too much about um, doulas. Mm-hmm. I, I know like the midwife comparison. I'm so happy you said that because it mm-hmm. is pretty much the easiest way to, to, to get into that space. You're like, Oh, I know what this person does, but I didn't think about it. Like I'm imagining someone sitting by someone's bed in like a mm-hmm. hospice, right? Like, That's like exactly their last right. moments, right. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely part of it. But this other piece of it, these other two pieces that you mentioned, I hadn't even considered like mm-hmm. the planning aspect, the um, helping someone like literally prepare for this, not mm-hmm. in an emotional way. And then also, um, doing the legacy work, which I found when you were talking about that, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like these people who themselves maybe cannot physically be there with the loved one who's passing away, or this person is like, has some importance in their life and did something like having someone else there kind of facilitate and, 
manage that conversation and have mm-hmm. them like you know try to pull like you're I'm thinking about it I'm like oh Laura's the best person to not only like <laughs> console but also oh. like try to get the like juiciest bits out of people <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm like Thank that's you. you're right <laughs> you're really good at it <laughs> so yeah, I just didn't even consider yeah. that as yeah. all, all the aspects of like being a, a doula yeah yeah and sometimes it's like super simple like Sometimes it's like, hey, I am like really scared today. Can can you just sit here and hold my hand? You know? Or or it's like, or it's like my family is driving me crazy right now because it's 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 so much more, you know, it's one thing for you to be dying. And then like everyone around you is also like in crisis in their own way, but they're trying to be there for you because this is you going. And sometimes it's really nice to just have an objective party who can be like, okay, everyone's a little hot headed right now. I mean, I've seen and heard stories like, you know, certain decisions that need to be made. It can really rip families apart. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's actually, that's a good point too. Cause I know like I, over the past few, like my, my grandpa passed away last year and um, it's, it's really hard for, to see my parents like be around him and like, they're emotionally very, um, uh, they're, they're worried about, about, you know, what's, what's imminent and what's about to happen. And I know that like yeah. being in my grandpa's position, I'm sure he would want to feel a sense of like peace and calmness and not really like the chaos that is, um, you know, yes. it's warranted, but I, I, I do think, yeah, like having some a death doula there to really bring that that calm and that serenity, just so like you could you could pass, you know, out, you know, pass away in like mm-hmm. a very peaceful state. Um, yeah, yes. I think that's that's, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And like, yeah, I guess I. I'm only thinking about this now. Um, I definitely like when when my my nanny, who my uh, grandma passed away. Oh my gosh, twelve years ago, but mm. she was so important to me. Mm. Um, I remember like she was in like a, a coma, so I know that they say like still talk to them as mm-hmm. if they can like hear you, and and all of that. So in that regard, it's like you're conscious of what you're saying and what's going on in the room. So you don't want to bring in like negative energy because you're still hoping and, you know, all this stuff that they can hear. Absolutely. But but even if someone is just, you know, on their way out and they're not in a coma and they are aware, like, why wouldn't you have the same sort of consideration? Right. And like not bring this um, intense, uh, somewhat negative energy, which again, yeah. as Jeff said, is absolutely warranted, right? Like we're all entitled right. to our feelings right. when someone's passing away. But, but I guess I just never thought about it from the perspective of the person yeah. in that literal position of like, what do they want to like hear and yes. see right before yeah. they're going out or leaving this plane? Right. right. I, I actually, well, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, um, <laughs> I saw something online that really like stuck with me. And like, if you are, you know, God forbid with, a a family member someone that's about to pass like you you this article that I was reading say said that like you have your whole life to grieve over the 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 loss of this loved one but don't let their final moments see you being upset and like and scared mm-hmm. just like be there to comfort them and that's always mm-hmm. that's always stuck with me and I feel like that's kind of exactly what your mission is to, is to bring to bring yes. that peace to them yes 
Yes. Or, or just, I mean, or even just like a, a piece of it, you For know, sure, yeah. um, every little bit helps. And that is, um, Ari, what you mentioned about, uh, your nanny in a coma. Um, that is actually the last, one of the last senses to go is your hearing. Wow. So everything else will go. I mean, a lot of things happen in the physical preparation. There is the physical breakdown that happens, um, which sometimes can be really scary for the family, which causes them anxiety. For example, when you're dying, your body doesn't need as much food. So dying people, they don't want to eat. And it's, um, but food is a love language. It's comforting. And so it's like, but you're dying and I want to feed you. And it's really like, no, they just want to smell the bacon and they, but they don't want to eat it because they don't need it. And yeah. so, um, you know, but that can be really scary. And that just even like, you know, negativity. Yes. Sometimes that comes in, but a lot of it is really just fear and the anxiety of the fear and the unknowing. And, um, you know, it helps to have someone be like, this is normal, or this is something that we can talk with the hospice team about adjusting, you know, um, pain management. Sometimes people are really afraid of that. And they're like, I don't want to be a drug addict, you know, at the end mm. of their lives. But really it's like, it just depends on what you are feeling for that day. And like, it's, it's about your comfort and that everyone deserves a dignified death, whatever that means to them. And so that is, um, my mission and yeah. And, and, you know, like it's a whole different situation when you, whether or not, you know, cause some people don't actually know that they're dying. Um, but whether or not, you know, and if you're in a room with people who are just talking about you around you versus looking at right. you, you know, and addressing you, whether or not you can speak back, you know, um, it creates an entirely different atmosphere. And a lot of times, um, you know, that creates sort of a, there's connection there. There's a cord there. It's like, okay, but like, if I go, is this family member going to be okay? Like, maybe I have to hang on until I see that they're okay. Right. And it's, it's sort of about getting one all together and in sync and being like, when the time is right, you know, you could let go. Take your leave. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, wow. so Laura, what, um, what exactly made you want to pursue this, this, uh, life path? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Cause as we mentioned, as you mentioned, like, you know, we don't, we don't talk, no one really talks about death. Like it's something that we right. were scared well. about, you know, we're, we're scared to eventually approach that time in your life. Like we're scared to talk about mm -hmm. it. So like, what, what made you want to pursue this? Oh, it's like a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think the easiest way to answer that is to say that I've sort of had a lifetime experience with death. Um, I my my mother passed away when I was five years old with colon oh, cancer, and um, and yeah, it will be actually it'll be thirty years this year. So, um, wow, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, um, so that happened and just definitely sort of my father, um, he was older, uh, his family, you know, just in his generation, people just don't talk about these uncomfortable things. And, um, 
So I really, despite the fact that my father was a psychologist, I never really did any therapy as a child. No one, and and I remember like no one actually asked me Mm -hmm. if I was okay. I just heard everyone around me saying, oh, she's too young. She doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. I fully understood. I was like, that's my mom's body laid out in a casket, which is weird. And I 100% know like, I'm not going to see her again. So to be that young and to be understanding, right? Children understand what's going on. It's just that they process grief completely different. At any age of your life, you're processing it differently. Um, anyway, after that experience, um, sort of lived with this uh, disenfranchised and like unresolved grief. Um, more more deaths of pets and family sort of happened, um, and even. Like in my own life, I developed a lot of um, compulsive behaviors and things like that. So there were these existential deaths that I began um, about seven years ago. I began like an intense healing journey. And so then there were, that's when I first was like, oh my God, like, who am I without this? Or like, uh, like when I quit smoking, I was like, who am I without like cigarettes and a leather jacket? It's, it's fine. I'm still Laura. Um, but it's, these, you know, these ways in which I was identifying and it was just like all of this loss like around me. And I really didn't have anyone to talk to about it ever because people of my age didn't really understand what it was like to lose a mother. And, you know, so I just kind of kept it all inside for many oh years, gosh. which is like not good. <laughs> wow. And uh, and then uh, it sort of flashed forward to 2019. 18 end of 2018 I think um or 19 my I had a cat for 18 years his name was pumpkin and he passed away which like he was my ride or die we moved out to New York together he was just as crazy as I was we would like physically but he was that was my guy like if a witch has a familiar that's who it was um And he really, I think he lived a lot longer than he needed to in the last year or so. I've had open conversations with him. He just taught me so much about how to love and how I wanted to be loved. That when it came to the end of his life, um, I was like, you know, I don't want you to have to hang on for me. Like, I'm going to be okay when you are ready to go you can go. And then the day came, it was still sudden and it was still a shock. And I still was like, not at all ready (laughs) because you never are. Um, But it was the first time that I really, you know, I was there meeting death, facing this fear because I, I had this fear of death, which was also a fear of life up until this point. And it was like with this cat and, you know, I took him to the vet by myself. And I was in the room, never thought I'd be able to do that. And I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. No, um, I kept it together for him. I was singing to oh. him as he was going. And um, I mean, after he was gone, I lost my shit. <laughs> but of course, you know, um, and so it was there that I was like, okay, like I can get up out of bed because I know like he would want me to keep yeah. going. And that was like this whole new way of meeting death for me um but it really was in this would have been like about a year and a half ago my father passed oh I'm sorry um thank you yeah um he lived a very long life we had a very complicated relationship but 
again, when he passed away, it was the very first time that I was like, I'm really going to do this. And I'm really going to go through this. I'm going to unpack all of this baggage. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I'm going to feel my feelings. Um, and with the encouragement of my stepbrother, actually, <laughs> um, he was like, it's not because, you know, I was like, I just got to get, you know, head down, got to get through it. He was like, no, you need to process this and like be with this. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that was like the best advice. I mean, in that happening, I sort of saw so much. It's like I woke up and I was like, look, like there were a lot of other deaths after my father died. Um, there were deaths of relationships with other people of my life. There were, um, you know, romantic partners that I had said goodbye to. There were at least three friendships that all ended not at all well. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess those, you can consider those to be little deaths as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and a relationship with uh, with my stepmother. Also, I was like, this is just not good for me. And I need I need I need to feel safe enough around people in my life where I don't like for this one moment in time, I'm asking for space to carry my stuff. So I just I don't I don't need you to necessarily be here, but like I need you to give me that space. And that was like there wasn't space for that in those relationships. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sorry, I have to go. Um, and I left and I, you know, it's still something I'm still very actively grieving. They say that, you know, grief never leaves, but mm. there is a, a certain time frame. Like it can be between a year, 18 months, two years that you're still, there are physical symptoms to grief. Like, that feeling I had the week after my dad died where I felt like I was hit by a bus physically and could not get out of bed, take out for a week. I was like, I can't judge this. And it was later as I dived into or you know, dove into the doula work that's like, yeah, this physical stuff that manifests, that depression, that all physicalizes itself in your body. And you, it's a process of letting it come up and out and transmuting it just it's like throwing up when your body is like we got to get this out so so laura what you're saying reminds me of mindy kaling's show never have i ever have ever you how have have you guys ever watched <laughs> i <laughs> i have <laughs> i haven't seen it yet no season one though so i know cute. that there are a few <gasps> it's i'm hearing so really good it's things. adorable i'm like i'm like teen show obsessed anyone that knows me knows, knows that. Um, <laughs> but anyway just remind me of that because the main character in the show um actually like could not walk for like six months because mm. her, her dad passed away and that's how her physical body was processing grief like she yeah. literally woke up one day and lost the ability to use her legs. So she was yeah. in a wheelchair for months and it was just this, you know, physical psychosomatic grief that she was going through. And then mm -hmm. when she literally started to work on it and like say what she was feeling, like, I mean, she's a teenager. Like right. it, it takes even a little longer. You're less oh self-aware, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. she literally just started sharing her feelings. She was able to walk again and they were like it's a miracle right. um so it made me think of that like it really yeah. can the the physical um 
I don't know effects maybe effect physical yeah. effects of grief yeah it's like it's like, like, it's like side effects yeah. yeah 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 um and it's and that's all stuff that needs to be integrated literally like into your being and and really it's just it's the time that it takes and it's the courage to show up and do that work for yourself right it's not always easy yeah. when people are like oh it's you know I I mean and I learned this you know when my mother passed away it was like yeah you know my whole kindergarten class like made cards and sent them when she was sick and like you know all these very sweet things but it was like even a month after she died it was like no one is even acknowledging that she's gone right. and I like just lost my best friend yeah <laughs> you know so um so oh. and that can feel really lonely especially when you're hearing things like um you know like oh like it's been three months I thought you would be I heard when my father passed away from the person that I was living with at the time, the roommate that I had, um, she happened to tell me a conversation she was having with her friend who I don't really know that well. So there's that, but she said, yeah, I don't know. There's just like something really weird going on with Laura. And that person was like, didn't her dad just die? It had been like maybe four weeks four or five weeks. Oh my gosh. If that. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I was like, mm -hmm, you know, <laughs> in my head, I was yeah. like, I reserve the right to be a shit show for like at least a year. Absolutely. Yeah. Grieving, it looks different for, for everyone. And Absolutely. It, sh it should be judgment free. Like if it takes two, two weeks or two years, I feel like you just need to, yeah. Let that person grieve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. Yeah. I think the, I think the like issue with, I mean, obviously not the issue with those comments, right? Because those comments are not good. We can, we can all agree. Um, but I think it's it really comes from like a fundamental um, fear and problem that people have with processing oh my their own God. emotions. And they, and right? We, and like, projecting that and being like, let's just go. Like the right. world moves on. You can't, you have to do things like at a convenient time right. for everyone around you. And it's like, that's not how, that's not how any feeling works, especially grief. Right. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, you know, because other, because as a society, we're uncomfortable talking about death or dying or grief. And because you just had someone who died, that's reminding me of the fact that I will die one day or my loved ones are going to die or that I have already had loved ones die that I won't, that I haven't processed yet. All of that is so uncomfortable. All of that comes up literally has nothing to do with the griefer. Yeah. But all of that comes up right or even the person who's dying right like you know it's a it's a thing some people are like i don't want anyone to know i'm dying because right. well, people don't know what to do with themselves when they hear that stuff and it's like that's all you and you got to take that someplace like you need like feel it please do don't continue to ignore it but you gotta like take that somewhere i got because i got this and this is mine mm -hmm. and i'm not asking you to carry it i people just need someone to sit with them and right. like you know can I cry with you yes let's do it yeah, <laughs> I'm here yeah. For it. I um why are people afraid to talk about death think about death and like acknowledge it like is that something that you've learned in your practice like the fear that people have like what why why are we afraid yeah I guess why so, do you think well I think it's because 
I think it's in, in two parts. This is going to be like my full theory, but these two parts come from different places within our particularly American society, right? Um, because there are other cultures that like fully embrace death and it is like a whole other thing. And like, yeah. we just can't, we just can't, right? So I think one part is that there was a certain point in American history um, with the rise of the salesmen in like, I believe it was like mm. the 1920s. Um, things became less about the content of your character and who you were be behind closed doors. And it became more of this extroverted society of like, I'm charming and I dress well. And I, you know, or like nowadays it's be like, I'm cool. And I have a lot of followers on Instagram, like that persona, that mask that you put on to present to other people was what became important. And so to be mentally ill, to be, um, to be sick, to be dying was all very like messy and yeah. messy feelings and messy stuff. And like, he just didn't talk about that. And seen as a weakness too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, so with that sort of like being cultivated in society and then I, I, what I specifically learned in my doula certification was a lot about the modern hospice movement that took place um, just after like the civil rights movement, it was sort of happening at that time that there was a woman, um, her name was Dame Cicely Saunders, who did a, a most of the work and opened up the first modern hospice in England. Um, and, you know, it was because like even doctors were denying the fact that their patients were dying because to say that your patient is dying as a western doctor that means you failed to keep them alive but humans die like it's just a fact right. of life so there were literally before we had hospice in this country um and elizabeth kubler ross another really big um person from the movement uh of hospice she was the one who came up with the five stages of grief, but that's actually for the person who's dying, not for the grievers, which a lot of people don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. either. Ari, I don't know if we, we didn't talk about this in an episode, but I know we wanted to, I think, at one yes, point. Yeah, we did. <gasps> yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I had no idea either. On its head. She was Could... doing her, her research and she went into, uh, I forget what hospital she went into, but she went, she was like younger and she, was doing she went into a hospital and she walked in and she was like and I was so naive and I walked in and I said I'd like to see the dying patients please and the nurse was like there's no one dying here and she was like and I literally went to every floor looking for dying patients and every floor was like no one's dying here nope nope no one so in an entire hospital this literal staff was like no one's dying here and it was like it came to a point where it was like these nurses were like, just please don't die on my watch because I don't know what to do. Because no one was training people how to take care of dying people. Just wow. who were going to get better. And yeah. yeah. So um, so that's who we have to thank for hospice. And um, I mean, it can be kind of mixed bag experiences as far as like, you know, diving into hospice. But yeah, that that was the origin of the movement. Um, so that, and it comes from, um, a Latin word, I believe. And in the middle ages, there were these places that were called hospices and these nuns mm. tended to travelers who would stop in. And if they were like, you know, if they just needed a place to stay, but also if they were sick, 
while they were on the road, or sometimes people would die there. And it was these nuns that would take care of them. So that's the like ancient roots of hospice that re- that came back with Cicely Saunders, um, and Cicely Saunders, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Yeah. Wow. They're, they're like the two major icons. Wow. There's another woman, but I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's, it's so interesting. And I'm glad you brought up like specifically American culture too, mm-hmm. because I like know for a fact, I mean, I haven't of course traveled the world, um, but, <laughs> <Not> but I, <laughs> shockingly as a Sagittarius, I've only been to 20 countries. I'm kidding. I think it's like, <laughs> I think, that, yes. <laughs> I think I'm into like, I don't even know how many. Anyway, um, I, it just like brings me back always to like what I learned about Irish culture and the way that they celebrate death. Yes. And I like loved it so much. I was like, yeah. well, it feels weird to say that I loved a way that people yes. like celebrate death, but, but I was like, but it's not though, but it's not. Yeah. That, no, or it, it shouldn't no, you're be right. weird. It shouldn't be weird. Even yeah. I, look, we're talking about this and I'm like, it's so weird to talk about this. <laughs> right, it's like, it's uncomfortable, but it, yeah, yeah. It, it shouldn't be. And I, yeah. I, I've gotten very comfortable like talking, I think as I've experienced family members, like specifically my, my grandparents pass away throughout my, mm-hmm. my life. It's each time I like learn something a little bit differently about how I grieve, how, mm-hmm how I want to like continue honoring their, their life and mm-hmm. incorporating different, you know, different ideals and teachings that they instilled in me, um, like how I can continue their legacy and like, let that live oh on. God. So That's I, beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. So I do, yeah, I do like to think that like, I'm taking a little bit, a little piece of them with me throughout the rest of my life. And hopefully oh, absolutely. The, the following generations, I could pass these, these teachings, mm-hmm. you know, on and on. And um, that's what us who stay behind, that's what we need. That That's why we have rituals and ceremonies and customs. And because, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you, it. and it's important to like, to think that you, you know, you, you can move on while still, like you don't have to forget about them. You could like move on, right. but like still keep them with you. Right. Um, well, because you're never going to forget. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah. trying to bury that is only going to make things worse for you physically, oh me- mentally. So, yeah. So many issues. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Laura, I have a question. Yes. So, doing this, um, you know, of course, you talked us through sort of the um. Uh, reasoning behind pursuing this mm-hmm. um but uh, how do you yourself like remain I guess calm and sane mm-hmm. um during mm-hmm. these situations because although you have been exposed to these situations a lot more maybe than you know I don't want to say the average person but uh mm-hmm. in your in your in your right maybe but in your like close-knit group for sure um so even though you've been exposed to this it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that it is um like easier in a way it might be familiar but it's not easy right right so how do you surround yourself with such like intense feelings of like sorrow and fear Mm. and all of that and like you know turn it into this you know career but also like goal and purpose yeah. for you like how do you still do that because uh, I imagine you feel like a sponge a lot of the time like scraping uh, up all of this energy around you and at some yeah. point you like you have to release it 
Yes. So that's a really good question. That Thank is. you for asking that. Um, yeah, besides, uh, besides like seeing through my own experience that this is like something that's very much needed where we are um, and in our culture, I, the, what, well, first of all, I didn't know it was a career until someone like, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could just like be with people? Cause like people are always like dying around me. And so like, <laughs> like maybe they like help in some way. And um, the friend I was talking to, you know, Ariana, you know, Carson, she was like, yeah. oh, that's a job. It's called a death duel. And she just sent me a New York Times article on it. And I was like this right here. And I was never more sure about anything in my life except for being an actor. Like, wow. you know what I mean? I was like, this is my language. We're talking here. Um, and so uh, a big part of that, right? Because this is actually a career path. A, it's not for everybody, for sure. Right. Um, it does attract a lot of uh, empathic people. Um, I am an empath and I am also a highly sensitive person, which is amazing in so many ways. And I have, like, I like to call them superpowers. Like I can sense and feel and understand things sort of like on a deeper, more profound, like my scope of processing is just like wide open, but it really took a lot of work over the last, I think it was like when the pandemic really happened that I found like really good tools to start working with my own energy and like their energetic things that I do to cleanse my energy. Um, there are certain rituals I do just to like sort of set up my boundaries. So I'm not so open. Um, there's also like self-care is huge. There's a whole week of class in my doula certification dedicated to self-care. And I was like, mm -hmm. and so, and it's, it's, yes, it's important for everybody. And I'm like, self-care, self-care, self-care. Right. <laughs> and we hear that word a lot, which um, I think it's not just like bubble baths and like, you know, shop therapy. <laughs> right. It's not just right. that. It's not just face masks, whatever, but it's, you know, it, it can be that, but it is also like knowing when, um, when it's time to just turn the volume down, like to avoid the burnout, right? Maybe, maybe I don't see friends this weekend and maybe I, and it sounds crazy, but maybe I turn my phone off for a day mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> or whatever makes sense for you. Right. Like, and, um, and so self-care is like crucial in this line of work. So it was also something for me because self-care was not something that I was taught inherently as a child. And it's something I've been working on for a lot of years. So finding a job, I bartended for like, you know, a lot of years in, in New York City. And that's like a job that, that self-care is like not really as much of a thing. Um, so finding work that was like, I have to take, I like to say I... I'm required to take impeccably good care of myself so that I can show up for my clients um, in the best way possible. And then also the work that I do with my clients is similar to things that I'm working on for myself as far as like energy work, cleansing out energy, um, that kind of healing, sound healing, things like that. Um, those are all things that help my clients. But like while I'm working with my clients, I'm, I'm also receiving that as well. So it's, it's just constantly taking care of myself. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. You really do gotta, 
make sure that you are fully formed and ready to take on what you're about to take on. And like, it's, I'm sure it's different every time too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Every situation is different. Everyone has different needs and, um, you know, and, and not only that, like, there's also like talk about, you know, different cultures and how, and their, their, you know, rituals and ceremonies around death. Like that's, that's also another thing too. It's like, can you do that work within yourself to show up for a client who does not believe the same things that you believe and still hold open space for them, like non-judgmental. I mean, in the, at the end of the day, I'm still a human and I'm going to show up with all of my stuff, but can I just like set that down and like get some perspective to let this person have space for what they believe. And, um, and I mean, but you know, I'm like, find people fascinating. So I'm just like, wow, like what's your thought? Right. Um, Sounds cool. I, I have, I have a quick question actually. How often, so like you're hired as a, as a death doula, how often are you like visiting with these with your patients, I get, would they be considered patients, clients, clients, clients. So technically clients, because a doula is a non-medical profession. Okay. So it's important to make that distinction. If I was hospice, they would be patients, but because I'm, you know, I'm more emotional and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so clients. Yes. Yeah. So that, that really, again, that just, that depends on the person. Um, and and what they need, if, if what they need is like, you know, and, and it also depends on where they are in their journey, right? Because if we're talking maybe terminal illness, you know, maybe, maybe what goes from like a one week visit at the beginning becomes like maybe two or three as things progress. And then, um, or, you know, like, <clears throat> like they're having a particularly bad day. Can we schedule an extra session for you to come in and just be here? Um, you know, and then, and then you get into the process of sitting vigil and that is really like waiting for someone to pass. And so that is like spending time in the home and it takes as long as it takes. So, you know, as doulas, we actually have, um, bags. And so it's like, always have snacks, always have this, always have, you know, yeah. Wow. Um, it's like a, it's like a, like, like an a old, diaper, like baby bag, but like it's an, like, yeah, right. like an but overnight bag, just in but case. It's a doula bag. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a doula bag. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all kinds of things that go in there, you know? And um, yeah. Little have things you... that like, cause people, sometimes it's, it's easier sometimes for people to have difficult conversations if they can do something with their hands. So like little mm. toys. Right. Yeah. Um, Laura, have you sat with someone yet? So I have not had, uh, the privilege to sit with someone at this point yet. Uh, uh, yeah, I have done, I have been called, um, in some more like personal situations with friends, um, uh, friends who maybe like have had, uh, a parent pass away, you know, and just like making myself available you know, I, it's also like, you don't want to pressure anyone ever, but you want to be specific and say, Hey, uh, I know you must have a lot on your plate. So like, if you need me to come over and cook you some dinner, just let me know. And I'm happy or like, I'll do your laundry or something. Um, but you know, but also it's like making sure that they have the space to feel like, you know, maybe they don't want anyone around like, and that's, you know, that's totally fine. Um, but I think most of what 
uh, has come up for me almost like right after I got my certification. It was actually with like uh, pets of friends. So mm-hmm. I had um, I had two friends that I two separate friends that I cat sit for. They each have a cat, and both of their cats, with like in the span of a month's time, actually had this a similar it like very invasive intestinal surgery um and they're older so like it's a bigger deal otherwise they were in perfect health and they both had the surgery for like different reasons but um yeah it was like you know conversations of a friend of mine who called me and she was like I'm in the vet right now and they're saying that like she's like what if I don't have the thousands of dollars that it costs for this surgery. What if I have to put my cat down today? And I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Like, what does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. and, um, and helping people make those tough decisions. Right. Right. And like think clearly, cause it, it is, it's hard to to think and make these decisions when you're so oh overwhelmed with emotions. Yes. For sure. Yes. And it's often very helpful to just have some, someone to be like, okay, let's just take a deep breath. And let's keep it very simple. And let's start at the beginning. Right. You know, yeah. Centering, grounding, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, that, that was, that's been my, um, my most significant experience so far. Like I said, I just got, I just finished my certification uh, in April, end of April, early May. So I guess it's been a little less than six months. Um, technically but <laughs> well congrats on getting the certification yeah, congrats. <laughs> i yeah. mean i don't know if a, a listener i'm not hoping that people like <laughs> right right it's not All that right. i'm not hoping that right because of course you just explained a plethora of things that a doula a death doula yes. actually does yeah um but if any of that resonates with anyone or you would love someone to talk to i mean yeah I'm gonna, in, in the middle of the episode plug obviously <laughs> our amazing guest um <laughs> But absolutely, DM us or yes. Laura. Um, yeah. Details will be at the end. Yes, um, and we'll also put Laura's um, any information that she wants to provide in the description yeah. for this for this episode. Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I have a, another, I, maybe not loaded question, but big question. Do, Great. Do you have like what's your own, I guess, personal stance on death? Um, let's do it let's go i'm curious um oh okay so yeah (laughs) we don't have to get too detailed into that i'm I'm ready let's jump right in (laughs) um so i mean i i've got all kinds of fantastical ideas about what may or may not happen um for me i do believe that um death is like the next great adventure um so it's going to sound crazy, but this kind of shows you like where I've come from the beginning of like completely, like, we don't think about this. We don't talk about it to where I've come to now. is like, <laughs> it's going to sound so weird to say, but fuck it. Say it. No, I'm say excited it. to die. Right. Because I want to go explore the universe. And yes. I believe that like, I believe in a soul and I believe that, you know, if, if I'm able to like, sort out some of my own stuff here in a significant enough way that maybe I will like get to go out there and see other things. And um, yeah, I mean, this literally 
the possibilities are endless. So um, I'm here for it. I mean, it doesn't mean um, that I still don't think about it. Like sometimes, you know, you you sit too quiet. You, you wonder, yeah. Right. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Of course, of course. Right. Like, what is that like? Or like, who's going to be with me when I die? I don't know. Like, you know, and um, and hopefully it won't happen for a long time. Um, I'm fairly healthy. So like, you know, <laughs> knock on wood. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm excited to see what happens. And, uh, you know, I hope that there are all kinds of crazy, crazy beings out there coming for me when I'm done. Um, one of my, one of the things that fascinates me the most about working with the dying is um, it's something that's called near nearing death awareness, near death awareness, nearing death awareness. And so that is something that like actually happens to people as you approach death. Like I said before about our season changing and the veil getting thin, there's a veil that you have to walk through. Like the veil gets very thin when you're at the end of your life. So it's not uncommon for people to maybe see um, something else that's in the room that not anyone else can see like more often than not in the accounts that have been collected they're seeing loved ones who have already passed and so there is this sort of commonality that like someone's coming to come get you and um, And like walk walk or help you cross over well i think it was uh i think it was ram das who said we're all just walking each other home oh Oh, that's right And that's another thing too, with people who are dying a lot of, it's, it's like, um, you know, and sometimes people will think it's like, oh, they're just, they're rambling and they don't know what they're saying. No, but, but the belief is that like, actually they do. They're like, I have to get ready to go. Like, where's, you know, some people are like, where's my passport? Are my bags packed? You know, wow. right. Yeah. Cause you're going like, like sweetie you don't need a passport where you're going <laughs> you just need a clock out <laughs> yeah, yeah right i oh w- one thing you said earlier um because as when ari asked you that question about if you believe in the afterlife and what happens after you die mm-hmm. and you were a little hesitant i like i feel the same way to when someone asks me like what i believe like i'm also afraid to talk about it because i don't want to mm-hmm. like say something that conflicts with their beliefs or some you know religious system because I don't I'm every day I'm wondering and like I mm-hmm. I can't speak to my parents about it they they follow their own religion that I don't necessarily right um believe in and I mm-hmm. I like to just imagine like what could possibly exist on the other side and I and I think it's so important to 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 talk about it because like mm-hmm. why why should you hold that in if you believe or or want to like wonder what exists for us like once we cross over like I think that's something that we should all be talking about and and it shouldn't be something that we should be embarrassed to think about or or afraid to talk about and I I I want to stop being afraid to talk about it yes listen you and me let's go to a party we'll be the two in the corner talking about death <laughs> let's like, do like, it oh my hey, god I want to join in. which goes like one or two ways generally speaking whenever I <laughs> no you know I will be sitting there too I actually I actually my favorite like visual representation for how I felt about death for the last I don't know like you know five or so years is honestly the good place like that's my favorite shows and like I truly it's such a good like uh, like that depiction is like it kind of melds like everything that Mm -hmm. I have felt sort of like 
call to to believe in about that like Mm -hmm. sort of reincarnation sort of like you do like live a life after you do also come back and be able to like assist with people like Mm -hmm. on this plane on earth those who are living all of that and I'm like that for me like if no one really knows right which we don't um, no one knows for right. sure. No one knows I'm not for going sure. to, no one knows for sure. So I'm not yeah. going to like um, subscribe to some belief that is going to make me live differently if I don't know for sure that's what's going to happen. Right. So I'm going to live my life, be a good person and honestly believe in the thing that brings me the most joy yeah. and like the most fun. To me, that's the most fun <laughs> way to think about it. So I'm like, yeah. love it. That's what right. I'm going to go with for right now. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm aligned with that. Yeah. If it brings you comfort, why, why, why not believe in it? Right. 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 Other options are scary. I don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> yeah. Some of them can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's, I think that's interesting too, because there's, there are all different cultures that sort of like talk about that too. And how that, um, you know, I'm in addition to being a death doula, I'm also just generally very fascinated with the void and like that sort of like, place where we can take our minds to like outside of our bodies. Um, and, and, and a lot of that is like also within subconscious work too, um, dreams. And it's, uh, the Tibetan book of the dead. That is, I mean, I started to read it, but it's, I thought Carl Jung was heady. I was like, "Mm." (laughs) I'm going to come back to it, but, but it, but in there they talk about, um, and I'm excited to read it because they talk about how, you're, you know, going into your dream state is actually like, and how you are dreaming, this dream yoga that they describe is like, that is your preparation for death. Because when you're on that plane of existence, if you're access, if you're accessing those spaces of consciousness in this realm, then when you get to the big one, right, you're, you're, you've already been out there sort of exploring, um, outside of your physical body so what does this mean for someone who doesn't dream doesn't remember her dreams often just, i mean that just means you probably don't remember your dreams often. <laughs> no <laughs> okay but like and you need a day off yes <laughs> okay fair that's um, fair i love that though yeah also makes me think of sandman anyone watch that yeah no, that's another I one i need to get into yeah i've heard there oh my god that's it's, like right up your alley it's yeah. oh yeah it's it's so on theme also with this yeah. it's really really good anyway yeah. wow i'm like <laughs> not paid to plug shows i promise <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone wants to pay her you should because it comes naturally anyway (laughs) okay laura so we are getting close to wrapping this up and you've shared so much with us like thank you so much for you know i mean uh, you are such a vulnerable person and i'm obsessed with it like the best person to have on a podcast especially about this topic Uh, but we really do appreciate you sharing as much as you have um anyway so in addition to us appreciating everything you've shared so far like um you know thinking about this really, really important work uh, outside of your emotional process and sort mm-hmm. of what you've experienced, like what what would you like to leave our listeners with in relation to being a doula and specifically around death? Yes. So I think um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about um, within my, I mean, there's many things I'm passionate about, but one of the big things for me is, um, is making myself accessible to people 
um, for this kind of work. Uh, you know, I have not always had the advantage. I've mostly had to take care of myself, like my adult life. And I started work, you know, not super early comparatively, but like early, you know, um, I didn't, I didn't finish college or anything like that. So like, you know, a few years earlier than some other people my age maybe did. And, um, and so, you know, so there were definitely times for me that like thinking about something that could benefit my health or, or anything, even certain points where therapy was just like, this is too expensive. And what do I do? Because this is something that I need um, clearly because it's, it's helpful and, and I need to get to a certain place. But, um, you know, when you don't have the advantage of, uh, oftentimes it's just money. And when you don't have the advantage of having money, or if you don't have the advantage of having access to information and education, um, that, uh, you know, it can feel like you don't have any options. And I just want everyone to know, like, regardless of who you are, you deserve to know what your options are. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of the way our society is set up, that really does affect um, LGBTQ plus and people of color more so than others. Um, and often they are not dying in great conditions um, and without support that they could absolutely benefit from. So even if this is something that you're like, you know, a death doula, right? Because it's not a medical profession. It's not covered by Medicare or things like that. Um, but even if you think that this is something that you could, you or someone that you love who is is dying could benefit from, but you're like, where would we come up with the money? And I say this about most things. It's always worth a conversation um, because for me, um, and this has been a theme in my other work and my artwork as well, um, like everyone deserves, it's a basic human right to die well. And just because we live in a place where the systems are set up either not for you or completely against you, that doesn't mean that that's the truth. And, um, and there are people out there that are are not just willing, but eager and, and would love to support you. So, yeah. Oh. Oh. Laura, well, I love that. Thank yeah, and thank you just for being for your incredible work. And like you're you have such an incredible purpose too. And I just wish there were more people like you. <laughs> because we 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 all need that at the yeah. at the end. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I just love you so much. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life in the capacity that you are. And you guys. that we've just like, you know, we just like, it, it's just, it's so important to have those people where you could go a year without seeing them, two yeah. years, six months without talking. And the moment you check in, it's like no time has passed. Yeah. And the moment you see each other, you're just like, oh my God, yes, because we like vibe, like mm. not even as like a joke vibe, like our vibrational <laughs> frequencies, like literally. Match. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just really, really nice. And, yeah. and we have absolutely loved having you on this um, episode. More to come with Laura. More to come. Yes. <laughs> Um, and and oh my yeah, god really thank you for having me oh. I am like so like honored to be here this is 
Oh, uh, I mean, it's this this episode is a big deal. It's our one hundredth episode, so we wanted a, a, a very special guest to join us, and you were that person. I can't that I was the very special guest, the very special spooky <laughs> guest, spooky guest. And honestly, it is so nice when Jeff and I can have someone else like explain stuff to us. <laughs> so because we're constantly doing like the research for all of these episodes. Right. So it's lovely to have a guest on, like talk about their passion, their profession, their calling, whatever it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. And this has been an amazing combo. I feel like we like touched on a lot of different things too. And those are the mm-hmm. best conversations. Yeah. And it was, it was actually, it's comforting. Like I know we're talking about death, mm-hmm. but I, I feel more like comforted right now, like yeah. thinking about the concept of death than I did before we even started this episode. So right. thank you for that. And also Good. if any of our listeners are, interested in and in, in seeing more of your work or or reaching out like is there any social media that you want to provide for our listeners <laughs> yes absolutely please um so i have a website it is uh infinitemagic.info that's magic with a k at the end ck at the end um and uh there you can sort of take a look around at the services that i offer um, and, uh, you can contact, uh, me directly, uh, for any bookings or questions that you might have. Um, or there's also the Instagram, which is infinite.magic again with a CK. Um, and, uh, that's getting going <laughs> slowly, but surely, <laughs> but we're getting there. And, um, yeah, you can always, uh, DM me or DM obsessed and I'm sure I'll get the message from one or the other you know what I mean absolutely not worry about it. <laughs> absolutely we're not hoarding messages here <laughs> we will point people in the right direction yes. uh, listeners definitely go follow Laura because like she said at some point there'll be some resources up there check out her website um and she also just posts like fun cute really inspirational, <laughs> amazing things on the Infinite Magic so um, account. No, I, I love them all the time. I'm like, they constantly resonate with me. And I'm like, this is what I needed to hear today. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad. So okay. definitely check that out. And I am going to also plug the Denizens Theater Company. Yes. As Laura stated, she started this theater company with our other friend, Stephanie. Um, I'm a resident actress in the for the Denizens. Yes. I've been there from the very beginning. And we are back to putting on in-person shows or will be very soon. Oh my gosh. Um, so exciting. Kind of like yeah, we haven't really seen each other, you know, throughout the pandemic or been able to do this. So I hope we come back at like guns a blazing. At least that's uh, my intention. I know us. <laughs> Definitely. So um, if you're interested in what's going on in the theater world, follow us, I guess, um, at denizens theater co so theater er not re um co on instagram <laughs> i never know the fucking way to spell theater i know <laughs> um theater theater. Theater. right i'm like one way is british and one way is american um and that's denizens d-e-n-z 
D-E-N-I-Z-E-N. You know what? We'll put this like, in, our, this just in the description. Me. I know. I'm so I'm actually such a good speller. I just don't know where I was going with that. Anyway. We'll put it in the description on Instagram. Yes, actually, <laughs> ignore everything I just said for the last <laughs> 10 seconds. No, but definitely go check that out too, because Laura and I will be performing and doing some stuff in months to come. So you'll yeah, not, you'll, you're going to want to see wait. us. You'll, um, see, you'll see us both get weird. <laughs> absolutely so ah, it's a wrap on our 100th episode yes. so, um, thank you so much thank you laura so we we close out our episode by just snapping so we usually say thank you everyone love you bye and then we just snap that's our okay. way of closing it so I, will you will you want to do you want to join us with that oh my god can i yes, yes. okay ah! here okay. we go all right thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next thank time you. Bye. Thank Thanks you. Laura. Bye, everyone. Bye.